This episode of Dana Being Dana is brought to you in part by Dr. Lance Law and Dr. Mihaela Bogdanov at Comfort Care Family Dental. Hello, and welcome to Dana Being Dana. I'm Dana Michelle, and I'm thrilled you're with us. My show is about all different aspects of the human connection, things that bring us together and living life intentionally. Well, this pandemic has certainly changed the relationship status of many. As a result, people are now more intentional than ever about finding and keeping love. So many are now divorced, some are widowed, and others simply realize they do not want to endure another pandemic with the one they were with. So people have been vaccinated and they are out there trying to shoot their shot in the dating game. Joining me today are Trinia Johnson Norford, professional matchmaker, Troy Elvon III, dating commentator, and Charity Shaw Moyado, a therapist. Troy, some say that dating is a muscle that should be used and there is a skill to dating. Do you agree with that? Absolutely, dating is absolutely a muscle. Uh, just like any muscle in the human body that you work out, uh, the more you use it, uh, the more it grows and you know you become stronger. And so the more you date, the more you become familiar and the less anxiety you feel you know, out there in the dating spectrum. So uh, regardless if you are single, you need to date while you're single, when you're in a relationship and when you're married, you need to continue to date and build that muscle. Trini, what type of skills is Troy talking about that are required to date successfully? One skill I typically share with my clients to be a success at dating is to be able to date with confidence. It's very important to know your worth, being comfortable with yourself, smiling, being engaging, also be mindful of your body language, eye contact. All this falls under dating with confidence and your date will be very attracted to you because of that. People are absolutely attracted to confidence and I think that that is so important. Charity, before people get into the dating game uh, and test these skills, being confident, living their best life. Is there self-work that needs to be done, particularly if there's been trauma or a breakup uh, that people are moving on from? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I agree with Trinia and both you, Dana, that um, confidence is super attractive. And sometimes folks need to process and do some self-work or some personal growth if they're lacking that confidence, because you can't go out into the dating world if you're um, insecure, uncertain about yourself. So sometimes work needs to be done, especially if there's any kind of, as you said, like trauma, or there's things that um, if they reflect on their past relationships and they notice that there are some trends, it might be worthwhile checking those out before going back into the dating world and, and wind up picking the same person that didn't work out before. Speaking of trends, uh, Troy, you are a, a connoisseur of all things dating and you've got a lot to say about the dating world. Uh, what are some of the controversial or the polarizing issues that you've seen um, in the dating network of Ringside that you've created? Well, I would say in the years with Ringside, the most controversial uh, polarizing topics will be uh, germane to money and gender roles. You know, anytime those topics come up, it's sure to be a firestorm and a whole, you know, slurry of uh, opinions. Can you tell me more about, about money or, or gender roles? What types of things are, are 
big issues. So with uh, gender roles, I mean, we have to understand that, um, you know, times have changed for some people, whereas, you know, for other people, you know, they want to remain uh, rigid and firm and, you know, what has worked in previous generations. So talking about gender roles as it pertains to relationships, to me, is no different to talk about politics. You know, people are very headstrong about what they believe in as far as, you know, a man is supposed to do this, a woman is supposed to do this, um, and whereas others are more adaptable and feel that, you know, gender roles can be customizable to whatever unique relationship or marriage they're in. I hear you. Trinia, matchmaker, matchmaker, make me a match. What is the most frequent advice you find yourself giving, giving your clients? I frequently find myself telling clients to be open to the dating process. Be okay with meeting someone you've never dated before. Um, if you've always dated someone who's tall, dark, and handsome, you know, date someone from a different mold. It's okay. You know, chemistry and attraction is much more than physical appearance. And there's other traits that should be considered, such as, you know, passions, um, humor. You know, even a person's gaze, you know, that that's also very attractive. And, you know, so not being afraid to, to be open to dating someone new is something that I always find myself advising people. Troy, what are some of the dating sites that you think people should target? And what are some of the dating sites to avoid? You know, as far as uh, dating sites, it depends on what you're looking for. I mean, some dating sites are very um, particular. I mean, you have Tinder, you know, if you're looking for something a little bit more casual, a little bit more immediate, I mean, you have Christian dating for the people who are uh, more Christian focused. I mean, um, I don't know the names of all of them, but I feel like, you know, I've always instructed people, no matter what you're looking for, there's a tribe out there for you, uh, regardless if it's, you know, you know, our time, you know, for people who are 50 plus. Uh, who are looking to engage and interact with other people in the same age group. Uh, it just really depends on what you're looking for. I think that you need to be honest with yourself and understand what your focus is. And, you know, then you can have a better outlook on, you know, the path you want to charter. Charity, when it comes to intimacy, what advice do you have for people who feel undernourished? Because I think intimacy is such an important topic when it comes to dating mm -hmm. and finding love. Um, so, and I think a lot of people, I've heard a lot of people use the term sexless marriage, um, not great intimacy, bad sex life in an exclusive relationship. So what advice do you have for people in that space um, when they're looking for new love? Sure. I think um, our biggest sex organ is our brain. And so engaging that Communicating with one another can stimulate a lot of different interactions. It also um, helps define, like, what are you looking for? What am I looking for? So it's beyond just this physical attraction. It's taking it to the next level of intimacy. So once you're able to build that trust, you can create a safe environment where you're able to be yourself. And I think it's always great to remain curious about your partner and asking questions and showing interest. And that keeps things also in the long term exciting as well. Anyone else on that topic of intimacy and, and helping people uh, reach a higher plane or a better potential when it comes to looking for love, future focus when it comes to intimacy? Yeah, communication. Communication uh, should be the alpha and omega of you know, the interaction. So uh, have that communication there um, and you know, let, that, let that be the main ingredient you cook with you know, when, it, when it comes to building that intimacy. I like that. 
let it, let it be the main ingredient you cook with when it comes to intimacy. Trinia, yeah, it's in go ahead. All right, no, I was just gonna say, I mean, it's, it's important to be able to tell the person you're dating how you feel and what you're experiencing. Um, but it's equally important to keep in mind to process your feelings before actually communicating them and also choosing the right time to communicate your feelings. Yeah. After all, you want to be able to do it as, 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 as effectively as possible. And so if you don't choose the right time and you start talking to someone when they first come home from work, they're not, they're not going to hear you. It'll be all noise. So... Yeah. And I like what you said about processing before you speak, because a lot of times you may just be reactive without the right processing time. And that too can lead to a disaster. Like, don't forget to listen. So it's one thing, yeah, ask for what you want, but also listen. Listen to what your partner needs and what they're interested in. Trini, I wanna to talk to you about the, the list of must-haves, because I know you've had a client or 10,000 who've come to you with a list, right? Here's my list. And I want you to find me a match, right? Um, what's wrong with the lists that people bring? Well, it's important to keep an open mind. That's what I tell my clients all the time. Keep an open mind. Look beyond physical characteristics. Try to get to know the person and their values, who they are, what they believe, what they think, what they want in life, how they even treat people they love. You know, it's not all about height or, or body type that's gonna get us through difficult times. So be more focused on things that are not of physical characteristics. So it's okay to have a checklist that details, you know, your key life values or, you know, your non-negotiables deal breakers, such as, you know, you're not gonna deal with someone who's abusive or someone who's lying or, you know, a liar, excuse me, or disrespectful, that's fine. But if it's more focused on physical attributes, then that's where you should be okay with straying away from that list. Right. You know, a person may check all the boxes, right, but may not be the one for you. So, you know, if you're looking for love and you really want that shot at finding true love, leave the list at the door. <laughs> and Charity, you can probably back me up on this. I always say, you know, no, no one gets a divorce over height. You know, how tall somebody right. was or how short <laughs> somebody was. Um, it, it's about, you know, narcissism or infidelity or it's about character right and mm -hmm. i think a lot of lists miss some of those attributes of of character and some of the other qualities um charity can you talk a little bit about the foundation of intimacy like where do you think because i think a lot of people come to therapy as they should for mm -hmm. for self-work and some of that healing um as they begin to, to make changes and want more and want better in their lives. Um, and I think part of that has a lot to do with intimacy. The bedrock of that is intimacy. Can you talk a little bit about the foundation of intimacy? Sure, I think the foundation of intimacy is to really have a genuine connection with a person and getting to know them. Because when you feel safe, you allow yourself to be vulnerable and to share certain things that you might not share and that can build a, re a relationship with someone. It's really hard to do if you're holding back or trying to be something that you're not. And so to be transparent and to be um, inclusive and engaged in the, in the dating process and being upfront with what it is you're looking for and not playing games if, if you're not looking for something long-term. I think that's so true. I think that's so true. So we're not playing games. We're talking about dating and relationships in a pandemic, shooting your shot uh, and getting out there. We're gonna take a quick break. We'll be right back. Don't go away.
Hello, I'm Dr. Lance Law, part of the husband and wife team at Comfort Care Family Dental. I'd like to be the first to welcome you to our office. We strive to make every visit a relaxing and stress-free experience. The desires and needs of you and your family will be our primary focus in delivering the quality dental treatment you deserve. We offer a wide array of dental services. You can relax and enjoy most procedures all at our convenient state-of-the-art facility. Your dental needs will be well explained and all questions will be answered by your educated and well-trained team. We pride ourselves in making every patient part of our dental family. We strive to be the dental provider where you will be proud to refer your friends and loved ones. Please give us the opportunity to be your new dental home. Stay in the know, at home, or on the go with NCTV 17 News Update. This quick recap of everything happening in and around town will be delivered straight to your email inbox for free. Sign up today. Welcome back to Dana Being Dana, where we are talking about love and relationships, dating in a pandemic. In the first segment, we talked about finding love. Now we are talking more about keeping love. Joining me now are Kimberly A. Cook, a divorce and family mediator from Dovetail Conflict Resolution, and Jocelyn and Aaron Freeman, couples coaches from Empowered Couples University. Thank you all so much for joining me. Jocelyn and Aaron, um, hard times are inevitable in life, right? There's no escaping that. What can couples do to better navigate those tough times? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, it really comes down to being able to seek the skills to down-regulate your emotions. Because during uh, hard times, what's usually happening is you're just reacting now to life. You're reacting to circumstances. So what do you do? You react to your partner. And so that does more damage to your partner. So, and even in tough times, having the skills to upregulate your emotion, meaning anything could be going on can you generate joy can you generate gratitude and so really that's the first piece second piece would be having a scheduled time to be vulnerable with one another and not just sharing the functional activities and managing life but actually scheduling the time to talk about your experiences with each other and with life during these tough times well that's incredible advice i think that's absolutely great uh you talked about being vulnerable and I think a lot of that comes from communication. Kimberly, as a mediator and a divorce attorney, um, how important is communication? Oh, my goodness. You know, it, it, you can't get more important than communication. What I like, though, Aaron said, uh, you know, this idea of regulation, right? But I think you know, communication is all about regulating not verbal communication, but your physical, you know, your body, and really being aware of what you're kind of putting out. And I think what happens a lot of times when people are trying to communicate, they forget that, you know, your movement, you know, the actions a lot of times speak louder than words, right? And so one of the things that I really try to work on is this idea of let's actively listen to one another. And by actively listening, that means not just the idea of, okay, I heard what they're saying, but taking a step back, regulating that emotion and really letting it register because then you're truly able to communicate. But I will say, you know, breakdown oftentimes in marriages comes from the communication piece or lack thereof. Yep. Uh, I think it was Jocelyn and Aaron who said once recently about it not being about growing apart, but it's about 
stopping or discontinuing the things that nurture the relationship, like communication, uh, like listening, like being intentional. Uh, so I ask you, you two, what does a mature and healthy relationship actually look like? Yeah, so what we find that all couples need, because every couple has different preferences, however, for a relationship to last and to be healthy, what we see is a mature relationship, there's a willingness a willingness to gain skills. There's not a, this is who I am, take it or leave it. There's actually, you know what? If I wanted to be a doctor, I wanted to be a surgeon, I would go to school for that to gain the skills. If I wanted to be a great chef, I would practice and be willing to learn new skills. And we believe that same mindset should exist in a relationship. And if you're in a mature relationship, there is that willingness. Okay, maybe I'm not the best communicator, but I'm willing to gain the skills. All right, maybe we don't have great conflict resolution skills, but I'm willing to gain them and practice. So willingness is a really key word. And also the ability to be humble and admit when we're not showing up our best, not pointing the finger at the other person and saying, you know what, I haven't been my best and I take responsibility for that. Here's what I'm gonna do now. Can I just say that Aaron and Jocelyn are like killing all these push points. I want them to like jump through here with this willingness. It's all about willingness, right? Totally. The willingness to work hard, the willingness to try, the willingness to listen, to communicate. You just talked about this idea of vulnerability. You know, it's all about the willingness to work. But I would even add to that making sure you have that capacity to do that, right? Because not everyone has the capacity. And when we think about people who are have narcissistic personalities or other issues where it really truly is preventing them from that willingness to be humble, to be vulnerable, they just can't see it. And so if you find yourself kind of always being the person who's willing to try, willing to communicate, doing everything. I think that's where you really have that breakdown. Really, whether it's mediation or in the process of divorce, when we think about, you know, this idea of willingness, it's so important to, to make sure that everybody is willing and not just one person. I completely agree. And I think capacity and willingness are vital. And I think they are exactly the things that people didn't have during the pandemic and it was the reason why so many relationships broke down because people decided they were unwilling they didn't want to have the capacity you know they didn't want to invest they shut down in many ways because there was a shutdown and so i think it was difficult to get your needs um, and wants met during such a trying time uh, because people kind of reached their limit and they said, I, enough, you know, the, the whole attitude of this is who I am. I'm not changing. I'm going to do what I want to do. I mean, you're going to either take it or leave it. And unfortunately, a lot of people left it. I had something yeah. I could add to that as well. Sure. You know, communication, I think, as we all know, is not just talking. <laughs> it has a huge part to do with listening, but also knowing yourself. So when it comes down to being able to communicate something like needs, especially when you're in a more challenging season, one of the things you have to do is start to pause and reflect for yourself. Am I even clear what I'm feeling? Am I even clear why I am feeling that way? You know, if we're talking about someone thinks they're communicating just by openly sharing and saying whatever comes to them, well, you're normally probably sharing criticisms or complaints and complaints mm -hmm. and blaming. And that's not really communication. Mm -hmm. That's circulating emotion out towards your partner like they're a punching bag. But to communicate is to first recognize what you're feeling, 
maybe why you're feeling that way, then ask your partner, hey, is now a good time? I'd like to talk about our intimacy. I'd like to talk about our communication because people then just do what otherwise? They blindside the other partner. They're cooking dinner. They're managing the kids. And just because you want to talk about it, you say, oh my gosh, our intimacy is so bad. It's not working. It's been so challenging. Whoa, wait, where is this coming from? Mm -hmm. So ask your partner, hey, is now a good time? I'd like to talk about increasing our intimacy so we can be even closer. I like that setting aside the time to, to communicate your needs. Um, I want to focus on one thing that Jocelyn and I discussed um, in that human moment. One of my favorite quotes, um, and she said uh, that we all have our human moments. We all have times where we mess up. We all have times where we fail uh, and we can always do better. How do you counsel clients on forgiveness? Well, for forgiveness and forgiving our partner, it often starts with, have you been able to forgive yourself? Mm. And a lot of people hold grudges even on themselves and they beat themselves down and they're so hard on themselves. And so then of course they translate that into their partner. And what's missing a lot of times is grace and compassion and remembering that they're human. We have this visual that we put in our book where it's all these expectations of our partner and they have to play like 30 roles in any given day that's overwhelming. And so if your partner has a moment of being human, not showing up their best, can you forgive and realize, wow, like there is a lot on their plate. There's a lot on their shoulders. What would I might be able to offer to them instead of criticism or feedback or telling them where that's not good enough actually would be a compliment yeah. or acknowledging them or telling them they're doing a great job. And we can forget that so often. Yes. You know, one of the things I think when I think about this idea of not just forgiveness is perspective, right? We have our lens of what's going on in our day-to-day -day lives, what's going on in the relationship from our perspective. And so when we think about this idea of being able to forgive others or forgive ourselves, we really have to identify the perspective from which we're looking from. And one of the things that, you know, from a ground point, when I start having these conversations with clients, really comes from, let me hear your perspective of the issue. So what's really going on? Where is the breakdown? And I will tell you, it's really revealing because once people identify, you know, this is how I'm feeling and this is why I'm feeling the way that I'm feeling, it's really more than just kind of, you know, what is at first blush. So it's really a, a, a deeper dig. And I think Aaron touched on something a little bit ago, which was really about taking that step back and really asking yourself, what are my needs? What are my interests? Because that's really going to drive a lot of issues, including your ability to forgive, your ability to move forward, your ability to, um, you know, effectively communicate. So I do think that when we think about these elements, you know, perspective has a lot to do with all of the components together. Then on a separate kind of, um, now, Dana, you mentioned the idea of the pandemic, and one of the things I would just add to the pandemic, I think that what had happened with the pandemic, and you talked about boundaries, there were a lot of people who really had this opportunity to say, you know what, I'm not willing anymore to go forward in the way that I was before. We were all kind of on a hamster wheel, we were all so busy, we were all rushing, and then really, March of 2020, it was full stop, 
for everybody. You had nowhere to go. You had nothing to do. You were all in the house. And I think that it was really the opportunity for people to say, am I willing to put up with what I've been putting up with or masking over the last couple of years? So I think that allowed a different movement in different ways on a going forward. And though I do would say that there are some couples who I think strengthened during the pandemic because they were stopped in kind of the rat race of life and they were able to focus on the relationship, whereas others were able to say, you know what, it really isn't working. And we were just kind of masking things as we were kind of, you know, just living life because we all get busy. One last question for each of you. Some people say that finding love is the easy part uh, and keeping love is harder. What advice do you have for people to stay together, mm. whether it's new love I or love old it. love? Yeah, I, I love this word, and I've been talking about it a lot, about resilience. And it's so interesting, our training, like even our conditioning in society through movies and just the conversations out there is wanting the highlight reel. We want all the fun moments. We want the meeting the person, and we want the engagement, and the wedding, and then having the kids, and buying the house, and posting on Instagram. And then what do we not want? The challenges. Oh, no, no, I don't want that. So we see a lack of resilience in relationships. Mm. We want all of the good and none of the challenging. And so for people who are committed to not just finding love, but keeping love, you want to be able to build your resilience and your ability to withstand and work through challenges. And we believe, we've been talking a lot about this lately, that true intimacy can actually be formed through the challenges not always the great times. And so that means developing yourself and your relationship to have the tools to communicate through challenges. We train couples on how to have hard conversations before you're at a crisis point. How can you, you know, be honest with each other, be vulnerable, say the hard things. Here's the last thing I'll say before switching is we see a lot of times, I'd be interested in Kimberly if she'd agree with this, we see a lot of times that divorces happen not because of fighting too much. Of course, there are those cases. But even more often, we see couples at that breaking point because they've been avoiding conflict. Mm -hmm. I don't want to fight. I don't want to have these conversations. And so it's this suppression and constantly avoiding the conversations that need to happen. You know, that's so where I was headed, which is for me, I would say, honesty. And I know it sounds simple, but here's the thing. I think when we talk about honesty, it's honesty with yourself and with your partner. To Jocelyn's point, this idea of not having conversations, avoidance, what that does is build resentment. And it builds and it builds and it builds and it builds. And that actually is worse then kind of the we're screaming, we're yelling, we're fussing, because at least that's on the table. Those relationships where there's a lack of honesty with yourself of this is really upsetting to me or I am unhappy. It's enough to be unhappy in a relationship, even if every all the bells and whistles are and everything else are going well. You live in a great house, you've got great healthy kids, but you're unhappy for whatever the reason is. I would say honesty is difficult 
across the board. It's difficult to be honest with how you're feeling about things or what's going on in your life or when you're unhappy with a spouse because there's a fear of, I don't want to be a, a nag. I don't want to upset the alpha card. And so I would say that really to the resilience plus the honesty, it takes work. It takes dedication. You know, I'm a week out from celebrating my parents' 45th wedding anniversary. And, you know, I, I would say my mother would probably say the same thing where, you know, it's hard work, but they were honest with themselves all those years ago in good times and in bad times to really see them to see them through it. It's tough. If all relationships fail but one, how do you make that one successful? Dating is a muscle, and I hope that you practice it when you can if you are looking for love. You may have had incredible setbacks, devastating losses, and heartbreak more than you care to admit. But don't let any of that stop you from finding the healthy and fulfilling love that you deserve. Thank you to my guests for, jo for joining me for this discussion and for the way that you bring people to love. I do not promise to be an expert, nor do I have all the answers. I'm just Dana being Dana. See you next time. This episode of Dana Being Dana is brought to you in part by Dr. Lance Law and Dr. Mihaela Bogdanov at Comfort Care Family Dental.